When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, sweet. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Big Strong Lesser Boys podcast. It's been a little while since I've done one of these intros. So hello, uh, I'm back. Well, I've kind of been back for a little while. Um, but once again, thank you to Jack for looking after the hosting duties for the last few weeks here on the podcast. But um, yeah, back watching Leicester again. And uh, yeah, do, do the easy job after after a win. So uh, a 3-2 win over Millwall. Uh, Jack and Rick joining us on today's podcast Unfortunately, no Jordan um, today. And Jack, I mean, first and foremost, we should probably address that straight away and um, make a bit of an announcement, I believe, if, you, yeah. if you'd like to take over. Yeah, should. Um, I'm not sure we can confirm it, uh, but but we do think he has, he's joined Radio Leicester permanently because he's been on Radio <laughs> Leicester more than he's been on... Uh, on this podcast recently so um so yeah we'll, we'll wait to get that confirmed but that 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 might have happened mm. we'll wait an official confirmation from from jordan halford but that's what we're hearing um so yeah you may have heard him on bbc radio leicester on on friday wasn't it um yeah but he's not he's not with us so um anyway uh jack how are you mate you good i'm all right thanks jake how are you good to have you back it was that was I, I feel very warm and comforted by your in, intro just there. So, so good to have you back, mate. Properly. Well, thank you. Well, you, you had to pop off briefly for a couple of minutes during the last podcast and everyone looked at me to to carry on hosting. I'll be honest, it, I'd, I'd forgotten. I really had. It's, just it's, been, it's, been, it's been a while. Yeah, it's um, uh, you make it look very easy when you do it, but it's... Um, it's not, particularly when you when you have chaotic individuals like like Rick behind the scenes. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, once again, as ever in the preamble before, who's that opening the can? That's Jack opening the yeah. can. Yeah. Um, when I know Rick's got a bottle open, um, but Rick trying to get a microphone to work. Usually, internet connection issues. There's always something, isn't there, Rick? But um, other than that, how are you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm okay, thank you. And I've got to echo what Jack says. It's great to have you back hosting, mate, because, uh, yeah, you are the master at it. Jack's been incredible, to be fair. But um, I think it's it's nice to see you back behind the microphone. And um, hopefully we can get Jordan back at some point and get the four of us, because I will put my foot down if he thinks he's going Radio Leicester. <laughs> got a lot of time for Owen, for Jack and Pipes, but I'm not a nasty man, but they'll be bother if they try and pinch him. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. You can have him, but um, yeah, no, it'd be good. It'd be good. It'd be good to have all. It'd be good to have all four of us back soon. I feel like it's about to happen, and we can get back to Christmas special. Doing what we, yeah, doing what we do best. 
Yeah, Christmas yeah. spec. Sure, that'd be lovely. Um, yeah, we, we, we probably should um, have a chat and think about a proper Christmas special. Imagine probably next weekend um, what that entails. No idea. It probably entails us having a chat about five minutes before doing the podcast and just seeing what happens. And we, we brand it as something Christmas related. But if anybody's got any ideas for it, I suppose we probably <laughs> could and should do a, do a Christmas special. Um, but look, um, another win. Um, on when was it Wednesday night and um, not an enjoyable one I mean on the face of it 3-2 looks like it was it was quite tight and I suppose to a degree it was but you know a, a very important well needed and, and much enjoyed three points Jack and um, you know I think after going behind as well I'll be honest I, I got a little bit nervy I did um, but yeah in the end very very happy with with the, the win as you can imagine so so yeah your initial thoughts and reaction to, to that one yeah, I, I was a bit nervy too, but I think the the reassuring thing was the players didn't seem to be. They were they seemed um, they just kept going about their business, kept kind of knocking at the door, and then um, you know I didn't think we were poor. We weren't quite at it in the first half, but um, I think maybe that was partly because we were trying to play a little bit quicker, which was quite pleasing to see. Actually, there was genuine when Amanson was getting the ball, they were. They were trying to up the tempo, um, which which we've not always seen. But I think that led to sort of one or two loose passes. But um, they came out in the in the second half, and you know, for twenty minutes, half an hour, were really, really good. Um, and I'm actually really reassured, really reassured by the last couple of performances because I um, did lose my head a little bit, was a little bit nervous about about the running. But um, you know, the last the last two games, we've been a lot more clinical. Um, and, you know, yes, we conceded at the end, but for large parts of the second half against Millwall, it was very, very comfortable. And we had the two goal buffer, which which makes it a, a lot easier. So, so no, I I thought it was really good. Um, I'm sure we'll get into performances and I, I don't want to steal Rick's thunder, but I thought there were some real standout performances there. So, um, so yeah, lots to talk about. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Rick, I think we're all aware, particularly of the home games, it's, I wouldn't say difficult, but it's the, the reality is is that most teams are going to sit in. And then the worst case scenario for, for us when that team sits in is, is if they grab a goal and, and, and take mm. the lead. It gives them obviously something to defend. And I thought that, you know, when you consider the dynamic of that game with, with almost that worst case scenario happening, that the way we did respond was 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 very, very good. And, you know, Jack has mentioned there the, the individual performances. If you want to pick out a couple, I'll let you do that and we'll, we'll talk about them. But it, it did. It did have that feeling at the end in terms of the celebrations, particularly from from the manager, that it was a big three points. And you know, when when you look at Mill and the league table, you probably would have assumed that it wouldn't have felt as big as what it did. But it did feel significant, didn't it? It did. I mean, each win's huge, especially in the manner that we do some of them. Like West Brom away the other week was obviously like monumental, but. I almost feel like Wednesday night was one of the most pleasing victories of the season. Reason being, as you say, we were up against a team that came to sit sit back and frustrate us and they went 1-0 up. And we weren't, we didn't lay a glove on them first half an hour. I don't think we had a shot until the first half an hour. So it was looking quite concerning that we might really struggle. And yet the players stayed patient, as Jack said, and we, we got more and more into it as the, the half uh, came to a close. And then second half, I thought, the, the yeah, 30, 40 minutes of that second half, we were excellent. Um, 
you know, he tweaked it at halftime. They've, they've moved to a back five or started as a back five and certainly were fixated into it as when they went one and up. And he pushed Ricardo a bit higher up to sort of get that get that um, one man advantage in you know in front of their defence. And we really played some some good football against, as I say, a defence that in the past we've we've probably struggled to to break them down as quickly. But, I mean, we came out of the traps, didn't we? Two goals in, what, five or six minutes and the game was turned on its head and it was so great to see because... Uh, and also, the goals were quite scrappy, even though I thought Dak has, you know, ended his um, chipped cross, which he's becoming a bit of a, a, a master at doing, was, was great. But, you know, they, it was either a bit of a ricochet for Vestergaard's, Dak were on the line and then a deflection for... Well, Ricardo stroke and Diddy's, but it's good to see that we're, you know, it was like we're going to find a way to win that night, and we did. And if it was scrappy goals, whatever. And so, really pleasing. I think we've really turned a corner since this return from the international break. And long may it continue because um, we've obviously got games coming thick and fast. But yeah, mm-hmm. I suppose individual performances we can come on to, but collectively, I was just so impressed with them. Third goal then. Will for Ricky? Who are you giving it to? Got to be Endidi, isn't it? Because the it's harsh. And if it was Ricardo's, that's now every single outfield player that that is our key, you know, a key player uh, scored. But it came off Endidi, so you know the, that that's the rules. Um, so I'm surprised it's not already been given to him yet. I can't say if it was in the Premier League, it would have done. So maybe because it's Championship, they can't be asked. But maybe <laughs> Ricardo gets away with it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Jack, what do you think? I I thought it was Wilf's goal at the time. I didn't even see the deflection, but um, <clears throat> well, the deflection yeah. actually takes it away from the keeper, doesn't it? It's not like yeah. it's well, just glanced off. Was it actually? It's a, a telling. Um, was it going deflection. in? When Ricardo hit it, it's going yeah, on, it's going it was, target. yeah, it's going on target. Yeah. But I think the keeper probably saves it if it doesn't hit. Will. Yeah, so, so it's got to be here, surely. I, th- I think it has to be Wilf. If Wilford had a stinker and not played very well, I would mm. be purely sort of for flippant reasons giving it to Ricardo. But he played really well, and actually, I think he deserved a golden and assist. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's his goal really. I did enjoy Ricardo's Instagram post mm. about, you know, never getting your hopes up. You know, <laughs> yes. it, shows, it shows they're having fun. And um, I particularly enjoyed the second goal celebration, which I've still not seen back. But to see that live was like watching the circus or something. It was it was amazing. Mm. Yeah, no, it, phenomenal, isn't it? The, the backflips, it, yeah. Wouldn't even know it's just where to two. I just love yeah. that the, the <laughs> Vatua is, you know, he wasn't even involved with the goal, but he was just, it's like when you, uh, you can do that. I haven't played FIFA in a while, but you know, it's like when you played like pro clubs or something and everyone just starts cartwheeling and celebrating. It was like that, which I just, I think was re- just really good because, you know, I, I think Moresca's talked about them sort of celebrating the good moments. And um, for so long, we've seen, after misery in the stadium, even when we're even when we're doing well under under Rogers, and I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit here, but it was always a bit, you know, didn't they didn't seem that happy about things, um, and it was all a bit choreographed. But there was 
there was nothing really choreographed about that celebration apart from I guess Dakar and Fatu have practiced their backflips but um it was just amazing I really want to see it back from a, a decent angle like I know I know it's been shared on Twitter but I actually you know I, I think it's poor that the club haven't haven't shared it because that moment I think mm. it's up there with the moment of the season for me I was going to say, like, I can only presume they've not got good footage of it, but you would have thought they would, um, which is why they haven't shared it. Because, you know, they've been pretty hot on the social media in terms of yeah, the celebrations exactly. and all yeah. that. So, no, you are right. It's a shame we haven't seen seen that again just yet. But let, let's then, shall we, dedicate a little bit of time to, to Abdul, shall we? Because, again, kind of touching on the, the social media, the, the club put out a celebration at a full time on the pitch saying, like, your, your Do you know day... what you said? Do you know what you said? Um... No, because I watch most things on Instagram without any sound on. Oh, I'm trying okay. to think. I've got no idea what you're saying. <laughs> I, I can't. No. But basically, the caption was your your daily dose of of, of Abdul. And it has become this thing, hasn't it? In the changing rooms and just in general, just his his, his general excited demeanour. Um, it's it's very um, what's the words um, infectious, isn't it? Um, and that's off the pitch, but on the pitch, he's pretty good as well. And I mean, Rick, you've been a kind of on that hype train from from the very get-go. And um, I think interesting, because Jack made a really good point, actually, in the in the, in the the group chat, that when you look at stats and numbers, which, you know, mm. play a huge part in, in football, of course they do. You know, end product is is kind of, you know, your bread and butter, particularly for a forward player. But you look at the, the end product of, of Abdul, and it's not quite the same as, you know, Jewsbury Halls or Mavadidis or, or Ian Achos. But, you know, you can make a very, very strong case to say he's, he's probably been our best and most consistent attacking player this season or certainly are our most exciting um yeah thoughts on that and Abdul. Uh, it's just the bloke's brilliant in these he's a maverick he's off his pickle uh, <laughs> in the way he behaves and acts it's he, he's exactly the sort of one-off player that we needed to unearth to to fit in you know we we tried and failed so many times on on getting a replacement for Mares or even just any any winger that you didn't even need to say was a replacement for Mares that could contribute. He's come in. I didn't know a lot about him. Um, but, you know, from day dot, that debut against Hull, you saw the you saw his unpredictability. And you saw, also saw that he was willing to work. And that combination is dynamite. And I do think this is the early stages of witnessing an exceptional talent. Um, but what's curious, and I, I mentioned it to Jack earlier on a WhatsApp, I do think that Fatawu is the sort of player that we wouldn't have gone for if we were still in the Premier League. Mm. You have to take risks um, when you come down to the Championship um, to, to try and propel yourself up and, and build a bit of squad worth. And he's that sort of player that probably you'd be like, no, too much of a risk in the Premier League. But a bit like Mares, you wouldn't have signed him in the Premier League either. But you, you unearth these mavericks and a, a year in the championship or half a year for Mahrez. And I just think he's going to go from strength to strength. The numbers aren't there yet, but I think from an assist point of view, he should be on about eight or nine assists. The amount of chances he's put on a plate for players that have missed and McAteer's missed a couple of sitters and Didiaz and, and various players. So I, I think shooting-wise and finishing, he can, he can sharpen up on, but I think it will come. But I love watching him that first half on Wednesday. He had that um, Wallace, um, Murray Wallace Murray, or whatever his yeah. name. Yeah, he, he didn't know what to do. He had his pants around his ankles, didn't he? He was, he was nowhere with him. 
and he he pretty much borderline assaulted him. That that actually probably quietened down Fatu. It should have been a stonewall penalty, and then second half they took that Wallace off, and the ball didn't go out to Fatu as much. But yeah, first half performance was he was the standout player, and it's great to see. And I could watch him all day. Yeah, no, same. And I know I think we we really do need to think about getting this this deal wrapped up because we obviously can't forget Jack that it is at the moment just a, a loan deal is, is it with an option of around 14 million quid or, or 14 million euros but you know at the time as, as Rick said it, it felt like a, a little bit of a risk I mean again like Rick I'd never heard of the bloke in my life and I was thinking okay well that option to make the deal permanent feels a little bit high for a player that's that's not really played any first team football you know, you're not really sure what the financial situation was for the club at the time. I mean, let's put it this way. We weren't spending £15 million on any footballers last summer, were we? It, it kind of had to be this way round. But already, 20 games in, 15 million, or, you know, if it's if it's that there or thereabouts, it feels like an absolute snippet. And we need to be careful, I suppose, that if he continues to improve at this rate, at that sort of fee, there's going to be plenty of other suitors, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't quite know how the loan works. I think Sporting came out and actually released the details and said it was seventeen million euros or something. Rick would know better than I would, but mm. I mean, it tends to be that if you've got an option on them, you tend to get first dibs. So, mm. it, um, I'm, I'm not that concerned about that. I'd be more concerned about whether we, because it probably is related a lot to whether we go up or not. So. You know, and he's exactly the sort of player that I think could improve. Um, it is really interesting about the the numbers that he's um, he's got thus far. Because I guess what he's got two goals, and I think he's got three assists or something, which mm. feels relatively low. But if you think he's the best player against Leeds, hit the bar, really unlucky there, hit the post against Hull. Um, I mean, he put a cross in for Mavadidi on. Wednesday night and yeah. that would that would have been an absolutely unbelievable goal because it was about 100 passes or something before before that he's he's just creating stuff all the time and um I think the bit I like about him is he's so he's so unpredictable in everything that he does he goes right he goes left he his close controls really good I, I can't really see any weaknesses at, at this stage he, you know the first couple of games he turned up and he he put in a couple of horrendous tackles, which could have got his Leicester career off to a off to a different start. But he seems to have, you know, wound that in. And actually, he's working really hard defensively. I think it was the Plymouth game that he made quite a vital tackle in the box, actually, as well. So he looks like he's got such a high ceiling. I don't, I don't want to compare him to to other players as well because it's it's way too early for that. But he's just he's just phenomenal to watch. And um, I know people have sort of levelled that we're a bit boring and a bit predictable. There's there's absolutely nothing boring and predictable about him. And, you know, one of my concerns was that we we would become a bit formulaic in the way we play, but and and there's a lot riding on the wingers, but but actually I think in the last couple of games the wingers have been really good. Mavadidi's been been excellent. He's been excellent and and I think that's played a big part in why we've why we've looked so much better. Um but yeah, I I love him. He, I didn't think I'd have uh, someone competing with Winks for my favourite player, but I, I think it's I'm a 35 year old bloke, and I'm <laughs> tempted to get him on the back of my shirt. <laughs> so that's how much I love him. Yeah, no, he's a 
he's a he's a reason to to watch Leicester at the moment. He is, you know, and, and, and weirdly there are people saying, oh, it's a bit boring, you know, and they're not really enjoying it at the moment, despite winning every game. Um, we see it, we read it, you know, people complaining, but but Abdul Fatu is is absolutely a reason to go watch Leicester at the moment. He's he's, he's that kind of player. Um, I don't want to focus on negativity too much, Rick, but just a quick one on on Mavadidi because. Um, yeah. Again, talking about and mentioning you know, things that I read and, and hear, particularly in the stands, not so much on social media, but but a little bit of negativity towards Mavadidi. Um, people not really thinking he's, he's all that. And again, if we relate and, and go back to the numbers, he's, he's produced decent numbers. I think it's five in, in 20 and about six assists. So it's, it was, yeah, it's pretty much a, a goal or assist every other game. Um, and yeah, the, the 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 noise from the crowd at times is is pretty negative towards him. Do do you, do you get that? Do you understand it? I mean, he typifies wingers in in the general sense that he's a little bit inconsistent. Um, that's fine within reason. And I think the good thing about Mavadidi is he has got the ability to improve even at twenty five. You know, he's not. I do think he will. Um, I've got a few concerns at the minute about his shooting technique. I think he needs to work on that. But his overall play on and off the ball, I think is really good. I think his he's off the ball work is underrated. I've seen a lot of criticism that he doesn't track back and, and tackle and stuff. He does. There's yeah. a number of times that he does that. Um, I'm really impressed by that. And I, I, think he's, I think he's doing well. Yeah, he's not. He's not blowing teams apart week in, week out. But... That's not to say that he won't do. I think, you know, half a season into his career here, I think he's doing more than good enough. Um, I think he's a solid player with room to improve. And, yeah, he's, he's the sort of player that, again, you probably wouldn't have signed him in the Premier League, but he's the sort of player that with a year and, and hopefully will continue to improve, he goes up and you've got a player that, you're, wow, he's good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I get some of the criticism, but I think it's... I think people are going over the top with him. Um, and he was brilliant against Plymouth, wasn't he? So, And he's had a few games like that. I know Southampton away, we were pulling a hair out. But once he got that goal and then you measured his performance overall, he was stunning against Southampton. Mm. Uh, he ran them ragged. So. Uh, Jack, one last minor negative before we get back to the, to the positives. Um, the, the, the first goal we conceded, uh, Yannick Vestergaard's pass, which which played us into into trouble, it kind of typifies his, his style, doesn't it? In in much sense, he's very laid back in, in the way that he does play, and that one was just a, a sense of just being a little bit too complacent with, with the ball at the back, and it, it just yeah, it, that, that's definitely where that goal stemmed from, and maybe a little kick up the backside for him to to know that you know as good as he is and as as much as he is able to coast ninety nine percent of the time at, at this level, just a yeah a little wake up call for him that. You know, he, he needs to take better care of the ball at the back. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's played that ball. I, he must have played it a fair amount because when he played it, I wasn't sort of like, oh God, what's he done? But he normally plays it quite flat yeah. and it, he lofted it too much. Cody get, you know, the bloke's got the run on Cody, but he was a lot smaller than Cody. Cody could be smarter in this situation. He either, you know, commits a foul takes a head knock and goes down holding his head or something, but just lost the header and then sort of played on. So I think we can be a lot smarter there. And then, I mean, it's a good goal from there on because the striker's about five foot nothing and he's not needed to jump. He's just got a cross Yannick, but the, the cross is at such an angle that I don't think he's at fault there. It was just a bit sloppy. 
And it was a shame, actually, because I think we started reasonably well. Um, and it was it was against the run of play. Um, and then for sort of 10, 10 or so minutes after that, we, we weren't particularly good. But I think stuff like that is just going to happen in the way we play as we're, as we're evolving. I think the, the reassuring bit for me is we're definitely improving. Um, you can see the progress in the team. But, you know, that that's the first game we've conceded two all season in the mm. 21st game or something, which yeah. is... Which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, um, and that doesn't get spoken about. I mean, we don't we don't speak about that a lot, and I, th- mm. I think we take that for granted. Uh, I mean, Hermanson could have done better for the second goal, but the the mistakes are so few and far between that you almost feel you're nitpicking, really, because because they you know they both those players have done hundreds of really good things out of that. I thought Yannick again moved the ball quite quickly. Um, obviously, gets the goal. Uh, which I thought was an own goal at the time, comes off his shoulder. I think, I don't know if any other Leicester player has, you know, not scored. Your first two goals for Leicester, one is, yeah, one is scored. Off his Jeffries. Off his Jeffries. <laughs> that was the word I was looking for, Rick. And the other one's, what's the Cockney rhyming slang for shoulder? I don't know. It's gone in, gone in off his shoulder. So he scored two goals and they've not with his foot or his head, which I, I don't know whether it's a record or not. I mean, Shinji used to score a lot of goals that didn't even hit the back of the net. So. I was going to say Shinji. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> okay, then back to the positives. Um, Rick, I'll allow you to, to pick someone out first. Um, yeah. Can I with... talk about Wilfred and Diddy? Of course um, you can. I, I honestly don't know where to start with him. Like, nothing should surprise me in football, but he really has this season. Yes, it's a drop-down in class from the Premier League, but I wouldn't have even accepted somebody saying that Ndidi could play as a box-to-box midfielder at, you know, amateur level, because I didn't think that was his game. I've seen him try to move forward the ball, and he makes a pig's ear of it in the past, but... He's exceptional at that for for this system. Like he, he's so good at like running through the channels, receiving the ball, and putting in these crosses. You know how many assists is that now? Blackburn away for Vardy. He's one for Dewsbury Hall at West Brom. Plymouth he got one, I think, or maybe not, but certainly one on Wednesday night. And there's probably been others. It's just, I mean, it's end product that you cannot believe comes from a defensive midfielder that used to be a centre half when he started out. It's yeah, it probably gets harder as you go back up a level. Five, but, five assists, Rick. Five assists, yeah, which uh, and there's been there's been other good bits of play where he's created stuff. I just I really he's so important in this role. We missed him massively when he got injured. We really did. Mm. Him him Winks and KDH is a midfield three that they are just so integral um, and it, I thought he was man of the match on, on Wednesday I love Fatou's performance first half but what ended he did second half yeah it, I know he missed a couple of chances but you know it felt like his momentum is what gave us the belief that we could turn that game on its head and it did you know I, I'm, I'm so impressed with him and uh, you know his contract's up what do we do with him he's going to AFCON next month and then he's going to come back Mm. in February what do you do do you I'd loathe to lose him either way we need to get back up but also to to lose him for, on a free transfer 
he's galling because I think he's, he's he's class. He's got his energy back. He's yeah, he's had a little injury, but I felt for the last few years he didn't move around the pitch well. Whatever was causing it, just game it was a shadow of his former self. He's now back. He's he's doing that, but in an attacking role, and it's frightening to see. Yeah, well, it's interesting, is it? Because the reality is that a, a decision may well have already been come to in the fact that he he may have already decided he's not going to renew his contract. We don't we don't know mm. that. But if if the conversation is is still there to be had and and everything's there on the table, I suppose Rick, the question is is that if we get back promoted to the Premier League, his his wage or his salary is going to have to be there or thereabouts what it was beforehand, which yeah. was a, a fairly large contract and. The last couple of years in the Premier League, we weren't getting value for money from him. So mm. if he's willing to stay, would you give him the same money that he was on before? I mean, I'm going to guess around ninety to 100000 was probably his, his deal beforehand. Is he worth that yeah. still? Uh, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Because uh, we had this conversation in the summer and we were sort of slating the, the wage structure and where we got to. And, mm. you know, we're six months on, if that. We're, we're going to have to pay high wages again if we go back up, but everything needs to be measured and sensible. And I think it's got to be based on uh, success and achievement. Don't give players that come into the club, unless they're exceptional, off the bat, massive salaries. Whether you make it more incentivized, I don't know. But I, I think if you are going to get in Diddy on a new contract, I think the way you do it is probably a massive promotion bonus. Try and get that agreement now. It'll be on similar money to what he's on now in the championship, but then it's if you get back up, massive bonus and a decent-ish salary. If you don't, if we don't somehow go up, then he he walks for you know a nominal fee five ten million whatever, just it's, so then he's got that safety net. Might sound ridiculous, but do you think he wants to leave? Because he looks like he's having the time of his life. To mm. me. I, I mean, not that every player that's running their contract down um, doesn't put the effort in, but his performances this season does not strike me as a player that's pr- going to protect himself to get a, a move to Barcelona or to, you know, back to the Premier League. He's playing with a, you know, he's enjoying himself again and he's he's flying. So, no, I, I don't know. You're right. I, I'm not so if, sure he does want to leave. I mean, he keeps getting linked to Barcelona and God knows who. I don't see him as that sort of level of player, unfortunately. All that said, he has shown a different side to his game because it's always been his ball-playing ability um, that I've probably questioned. But he really suits that role in that system. And whether whether he's the same output level in, in the higher level I'd, uh, in the Premier League, I don't, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think he's on to a good thing. Um, well, that's a good point. Because if he did go, even if Barcelona thought, oh, Get him on a Bosman, you know, too too good not to to do. They're not going to play him as an eight. They're gonna they're gonna bring him in as a as a ball winner uh, to sit in. Maybe you don't want to do that. Okay, you know, do you want to be an eight at Leicester or a, a, do your bread and butter at Barca? It's going to be a tricky one. But maybe we are onto something with giving him this lease of life. You you only have to listen to Harry Wink saying it's the most enjoyable uh, time of his career. Maybe maybe. We, we can keep these players. But do you think that indeed in the Premier League is going to have that same effectiveness in that attacking, in that attacking role? Because it's a, it's a massive yeah, step, hasn't it? It's it a is. massive step up. It's I, a massive I, step, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not sure he can. And I, and I wouldn't do it at 90 mm. grand. I think you can get better value for money. As much as I'd be loath to yeah, lose him, maybe. I've got such it, an affection for it. it. 
So what you do, do then? See if see if someone can give us fifteen million in January. Shake hands and or no let him go. Pay 50 million. No one's going to pay fifteen million for him in January. They didn't want to pay no. fifteen million for him this summer. Yeah, true. Well, only because he's he has you know he's shown his fitness and he's playing well. Maybe someone gets desperate in January. Um, that he would be willing to go, but the, he can sit tight. If he's going to leave, he might as well sit tight rather than. The physicality gives us high up the pitch. Yeah, I mean, he might not be as attacking in that role in the Premier League, but actually, you know, he might go back to more of his usual game, which is ball winning. But actually, when you're in, in the Premier League, we'll need someone to win the ball high up the pitch. Yeah, and he'll be really good at that because we'll need we'll probably play a little bit more. Reserved counter-attacking style. I mean, Enzo won't necessarily want to play like that, but I just think we're going to be forced to against some teams when we play against better teams. Um, so, well, he can drop in, can't he, alongside yeah, Winks, and then exactly. you know either KDH plays or you play then a traditional attacking midfielder. And it, it yeah, I, I, I would, I wouldn't want to lose him. I've turned. I mean, I've changed my mind on him massively. I've gone three sixty on him. I, yeah. I think he's. I'm even at the point now. I think he's player of the season material at this stage. Mm. See, I'm, I am kind of if I'm forced to to kind of go one side of the the fence. I, I would prefer to keep him, and I would give him a new contract. Obviously, I would just try to keep that as as low as possible and say to him, "Look, yeah. you know, if you can get ninety grand elsewhere, good luck to you. But if mm. you can't, here's seventy on the table in the Premier mm. League." And um, and actually, mate, I would I'd probably look at him being a bit more of a squad player because if I'm if I'm brutally honest, a KDH Wilf Winks midfield three in the Premier League, I don't think there's enough kind of cre- creativity there to to break down, you know, a, a Premier League defence and create opportunities. I think in the Championship it's it's elite, but in the Premier League, I don't think there's quite yeah, enough. Yeah, I agree. There. I, I agree I with you. You can't on have that. KDH and Wilf as the eights. I think that you, you definitely have both of them, but you, you're going to need someone else at a different level who can just unlock things a little bit better. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think we, I'm comfortable with Winks as sort of the defensive mm. midfielder, providing. Are, he's got, uh, well, no, see, that's where know, I've got the Rick, issue. Rick, I think Rick, providing he's got someone as the yeah. eight who's got a biz, bit of physicality around him and can win the ball, but which is also, what you need. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and not as a yeah. because he, I mean he's done it in Champions League semi final. Oh, he's great. Yeah. So so he he can play, but he needs a bit of protection around him and I'm not you know I'm yeah. not sure that's uh, at that level I think indeed well, it, probably is, then, it? it probably is and did he it probably is yeah he like, can do it one way he was way, the best defensive midfielder way. yeah no, I know I, I just think the combination you... of Dewsbury Hall and indeed he yeah I agree it doesn't yeah, quite I work think... for me I think it's one or the other potentially at that level yeah. But then that's probably fine. You can probably rotate I don't know I know it's you can probably like, rotate they won't be happy, need to probably yeah. spend 20, 30 million on a number eight when we go up. I, but I think we need to. Yeah, we definitely yeah. do. And we also we need do. to spend 20, 30 million on a striker, probably. Yeah. So, yes. And then we're going to need yeah. another centre back. So there's there's 100 million. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, top. <laughs> let's let's move on to the striker then, shall we? And, and Your favourite player. He's back. Well, this is it. So, we, I mean, I didn't expect that conversation around indeed to last as, as long as we did. I thought it'd be another striker one. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. Now, look, Jack. My opinion on on all our strikers hasn't like kind of like flipped one eighty. But you know, the, the situation right now is is one where, out of the blue, and yeah, you know, I think it has to be for everyone that 
I'm now preferring Pats and Dakar as our, as our striker in the championship. And I and, you know, emphasise in the championship. I don't think that Pats and Dakar is the answer in the Premier League, just like we've had this conversation around Ndidi playing as the eight in the Premier League. But actually, um, I know it's just you know a small frame of, of two games. But what I've seen, actually, I think that Patson might be the man best suited to, to get the goals in the championship this season. Of course, with Ian Acho, we can have a similar debate again about his contract. He's he's the same. His contract is is, is up at, at the end of the season. There will be interested parties in January and in, in the summer. And again, irrespective of whether we go up or not, you're not going to want to match his contract, which again, I think is around £90,000 a week. I think he's proven that as much as you know, he is a fan's favourite for many, he, he doesn't kind of represent that value anymore. Vardy's the age is what he is. Um, and again, in just the little snapshots we've seen of, of Cannon, I like him, um, but I don't think he's going to be the, the the main striker, is he, this season? But I think he's got a role to play, particularly with, with Ian Acho and, and Daka going off to, to AFCON. But um, but yeah, Jack, let's kind of then talk about the striking situation right now, but then allow yourself to look ahead to the summer and, and next season as well. You've got that four there. Um, what do you do now and what do you do next season? Uh, it's just like start, bench, sell, basically. A little isn't bit. It? Yeah. I'd start Dakar. Uh, no, um, <laughs> I think he's been... I didn't think he was as good the other night. I thought he was very good against Plymouth. I thought he was good against um, Millwall. But he gets the goal and I thought for them, he, he didn't do anything wrong. I thought he was a bit sort of... Uh, anonymous for the first half, as Ianacho and Vardy have been for lots of games this season. But, but yeah, I think two games, two goals, not even two games, really. I mean, he scored two goals in about 120 minutes because I think he's played 60, 70 minutes in each game. Um, it's a real shame he's going to go to AFCON um, because to lose him, Manny Ianacho at that time of the year and Vardy's injured and we don't know how long that is going to be. It doesn't sound like it's going to be too long, but... Um, but yeah, there's a real conundrum now because I would have said you'd sell Dakar in January. Yeah. But now, if you sell any of them, I'd sell Ianacho. Yeah, 100%. Um, same, same. And Vardy's probably going to retire at the end of this year, you would assume. Cannon doesn't look... Well, it's harsh to say he doesn't look ready because none of the strikers have necessarily taught, you know, pulled trees up. But Enzo doesn't look like he... Rates him. He's fourth choice here, isn't he? Clearly, um, whether he rates him or whether he, he doesn't think he's quite ready yet. So, so Daka might be enough to see us through to the end of the season, depending on how far Zambia getting getting well, the. Hopefully, uh, not very right. far. Yeah, hopefully they get knocked out straight away. <laughs> well, but do you know what good. I mean? It's not like yeah, yeah. with Nigeria, yeah. you can probably set aside most of the the tournament with Zambia. Okay. Hopefully, it's only a couple of weeks. Completely <laughs> agree. So hopefully he's back pretty quickly, but you know he could get 15, 20 goals between now and the end of the season, and maybe then it goes into the Premier League as a as a completely different different player. That said, Fardy's on big money. That will probably free some money up up front. We we definitely need a striker. Every every side that goes up needs someone that can get them 10, 15 goals. I'm not sure any of them in their current state do. So we we would definitely need a striker in the summer. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, isn't it, Rick, with the large majority of this this squad that we're talking about from the, the Premier League years, you've got to remember, obviously, um, this is just a squad that Enzo inherited. So as each window 
goes on, he's he's going to mould this this team and this squad into to one that that better represents him as as a manager. So, you know, these players that were part of kind of the the um what's the word I'm looking for furniture yeah the furniture previously oh. that that they they could likely get get moved on. So you know, people like your Pats and Dakers etc. Who who were there and I mean basically any player who was there beforehand. It might not be how Enzo sees things, and he's kind of just working with the team as he inherited, and, and slowly but surely it will mould it into his own. And you know, looking at, at Vardy and Iheanacho, for me, it, it gone stale with both of them. You know, and, and again, I said last week that's fine with Vardy. Of course, it is. You know, he's, yeah. he's thirty six years old. You know, and he's still he's, he's contributed with with seven goals. But I don't know. I, I still feel that with Cannon, it wasn't really his signing. I think it was just a player to, to come in and, and fill a void. Um, I feel a little bit sorry for him if, if I'm a little bit honest. I mean, I, I do actually like the look of him in terms of the little bits of scene, but yeah. I think absolutely he's going to want to sign a striker that is his, and I don't think he's got that yet. Yeah, I, that would be my summary of it all. It's hard to know. I, he seems to talk quite highly of Cannon in the last week or so, but who knows i mean you'd need cannon needs to probably have a strong end to this season um and if we are going to go up that he's then going to you know contribute in the premier league if not i imagine it'll be a, he'd be loaned out for a year and that's one less striker you've got i agree on ianacho he's really disappointed me this season i've been one of his biggest champions because i've always felt like he never really got that much um love and, and sort of acknowledgement from Rogers, but I think the common denominator is he doesn't necessarily suit a lot of systems. You need to accommodate a hell of a lot to get Ian Acho into your team, which is usually to play two up front and not many teams do that. Dak is a curious one because he's got limitations to his game, but he can finish and he's rapid when, he, when chasing the ball, not on the ball, he, he, he's a bit, um, he, he struggles. But I still think he could go back to the Premier League and there's no real reason why he couldn't deliver. What I find quite interesting is Huang at, um, at Wolves was also at Salzburg um, and it's taken him a year or two in the Premier League to deliver. He's now scored about eight, I think, in the Premier League this season. has been Wolves' best player. Dakar scored more goals than him. Dakar has record was comparable to Haaland's. Now, he's not as good as him, obviously. But it may be, you know, the, the, something might, might track there. But he might not want to stick around. I don't really know what's happened with Dakar. It, it's odd because he really, he should suit Mareska's system. You know, you need somebody who can finish in the box. Well, he can. So, yeah, we're going to need a striker in the summer. Who on earth it is? I don't know. I mean, I'd love Jokeres, who was at Coventry. He's gone mm. to Sporting. He's isn't killing he, it. He's, he's killing it in Sporting. Isn't he? Yeah, he's going to go bigger than, than us. It's a real shame. But he is that modern, athletic, tall striker that can lead the line and do everything. We need someone like that, um, I think. But, yeah, he's just you, lovely. You do both. You need someone that's big and quick in the system yeah. because we put a lot of crosses in, but we also play the ball behind. Exactly. So yeah. You can't. You can't really be one-dimensional, which I think mm. is in actually not Vardy's not one-dimensional. I don't want to, but he's he's not brilliant in the the areas. Never getting on the no. end of the crosses, and neither is Ian Nacho. So I, th I think it requires yeah. a little bit of a different striker. 
Well, you're right, aren't you? Like we we make allowances for not having a striker that's good in the air. We've never had one for a long while, so we don't know what we're missing. But I think in yeah, if we had that <clears throat> at, right now, I mean, we'd be frightening because there is there's a lot of crosses that go in. So yeah, mm-hmm. but but that's always. Um, in terms of the the one dimensional strike has always been my concern with with Pats and Daka, but we mm. you know <clears throat> we all recognise his his strengths of course, but I think that you know if if all you had to to be in the Premier League was was quick, then there'd be plenty more um, you know successful mm. Premier League players like Yuramed Mooses etc. That you know you being being quick is is a great tool to have, but but you need more armoury um, to your game and. You know, obviously, Dak is not, you know, really bad in all of those areas. I've never said as such, but unfortunately, that that level between the Championship and the Premier League is just huge. You know, and a Premier League defender has, has come up against players as quick as Pats and Dakar, you know, time and time again, and they know how to defend against it. Whereas in the Championship, it's just it's just completely different. And you know, I'm I'm happy for him to to have got his chance. You know, I've never wished and wanted for the guy to fail. And you know, if he scores the goals this season and he's a better player for it, then then great. I'm happy for him to have a, you know, another opportunity and have a crack at the Premier League. But but yeah, I think we absolutely do need to to go out and spend big on, on a striker. And yeah, finding that guy who, who ticks all the boxes of, of being able to do a little bit of everything, but that screams like 30 million quid. Um, and whether the club can unearth a gem from, from somewhere for a lot less, we'll, we'll have to wait mm. and see, I suppose. But um, but yeah, um, anything else in terms of individuals or, or Mill before a little bit of who are you? Uh, I've just got one thing on the just on the atmosphere in general because I know we talked about it a lot last yeah. time. Uh, we had lots of messages in about that as well, and um, like some really interesting discussion in general. But I think the big thing is wherever you come from, and I think a lot of people take it as oh, I don't do this, and I'm not loud, and I don't shout, and it's absolutely fine. No one's saying they're a bigger supporter than anyone else. I think the important bit is that we all recognise that it needs to improve, um, and it needs to be a big part of what we create going forward. Um, and what was really pleasing for me was the atmosphere was was better, I thought, on, on Wednesday night, whether it was uh, because it was a night game and you had a bit of a different crowd in because some season tickets couldn't go. I, don't, I, I genuinely don't know, but Whatever it was, it was genuinely better. And I was really pleased at the end. All the players went over to SK1. Uh, Enzo dragged them all. And it, it feels like there is a bit of a bond being created between the players and the and the manager in that. I think we haven't had that for a, for a long time now, really. Even though we've had success. And I think that's a really pleasing bit for me because... You know, if we if we do get promoted, the club's going to need a bit of togetherness about it. It's going to need the supporters on the side, and we're going to need to make the King Power a very difficult place to come to. So, you know, it, it was it was terrible against Plymouth, but it it was definitely better, and I still think it could have been a lot better because, you know, everyone there were a lot of people that left on eighty five minutes still, um, and uh, yeah, Hugh, the bloke I sit with, had to get a train at ten fifteen, didn't even leave early uh, as beforehand so kudos to him for doing that but um i think people find excuses easier to make and i i think we just all got to play our part in getting behind the team um and i'm not saying i'm perfect but it was it was pleasing to see it, it improve on on wednesday night and i think um have got a lot of um 
uh, a lot of praise over the last kind of few weeks, but they they do a brilliant job in doing that, and and long may that continue. Mm. Yeah, no, just to actually add my couple of pence to, to this one because I, I didn't get stuck into this debate last week when you guys were chatting about it. Um, I mean, I, I I echo everything you said, Jack. It's 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 great to 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 know that people are bothered enough to try you know, and change it because it isn't great and it's not been great for, for a long time. Um, but I suppose what I would say to, to that in terms of not necessarily playing devil's advocate, but just to throw a couple of different um, points in is that there are very few stadiums these days where the atmosphere is particularly good, like gen- genuinely. In England, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, the, 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 the atmosphere more often than not is made by the away support, which... <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes we're not particularly good at that either. If we want to have that that conversation and, and debate, but you know, um, I'll be honest that that where I'm sat in in the home end for for home games, I'm not particularly vocal. Um, never really have been. It's just kind of the way I am when I watch a, a home game, and you know, it's 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 not yeah, it's not great in terms of the atmosphere of where I'm sat. But personally, it doesn't bother me. You know, and it, it doesn't. I understand it bothers other people. Um, but there are plenty of other people who are quite happy to, to sit there, and I do. You know, if I go to an away game, as you well know, I'm stood up, I'm singing, but for a home game, I'm sat there and I'm just there to, to kind of enjoy the football. You know, I'm, I'm not a million miles away from the singing section, and, and I can hear them, I can see them. And again, you, you go around to most other clubs, and well, not necessarily most others, but lots of others don't even have that kind of section. They don't. So, so whilst I think we can be critical of our own atmosphere. I think also we do need to recognise there are many clubs who uh, who are A, worse, and B, not doing anything about it. So, um, so yeah, just kind of throwing that in there. I think yeah, what you say is absolutely fair, fair, Jake. And, you know, uh, to be honest, I've been in a place where I just go, yeah, well, most most grounds sing a couple of chants mm. at the start and then they, they a few if they score. And, and, yeah, that's probably true. The bit that actually as i've i've thought about it more is i i just think it's it's going to be so hard when we go up and i want this club to be really successful mm. and if we've got the king power being a difficult place to go that will help us enormously in the premier league and and it's not you know even you saw everton when they stayed up i i don't think our fans were as vociferous as as theirs were you know their home fan home support was amazing you could say the same about forest um last year i think their home support played a huge part in keeping them up i think i think it's easy to underestimate it and it's not the only re- you know people go to the game for different reasons i mean you're talking to someone that sat in the prawn sandwich brigade up until the last year so i'd be completely hypocritical to say that i've, I've always done it but I think it helps. I think the players appreciate it. We give the players a load of stick when it goes wrong and it's going really well at the moment. So we we should get behind them, I think. And, and look, I don't want people to go defensive and go, well, I've got my reasons to do this mm. and yeah. I've, got to leave, I've got to leave whatever. All I'm saying is I think everyone can play a little part. And I was really encouraged by the other night not to dismiss what you just said, because, you know, I think I think when when no one is singing near you in a ground yes. <laughs> it's very odd to stand up and start singing on your own exactly and it takes a certain type of confidence to do that which i don't have so um so yeah but i think you know the more we can encourage it and and talk about it the hopefully the noisier the stadium gets yeah no absolutely and rick i suppose what kind of makes it even more significant is the news today about the uh, approval for the for the expansion and development 
know, around the East End. I mean, is, is there any part of you that thinks um, 40,000 is a tad ambitious? Any concerns that we're going to fill that week in, week out? Because I think that that's, I think that what's worse than a quiet stadium is, is one that's not full. You know, at least, at least the stadium we've got, we're filling each week. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously that small chance, well, not small chance that that could happen. That 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 is something to consider. But we also know that if we do harbour ambitions to, to really grow, then we need a bigger capacity. So, I'll, I'll, you know, fair play to the club for having that um, that vision and, and trying to deliver on it. And I also think the good thing about this is by having a bigger capacity, they may be, if they are considering how do we improve the atmosphere, that is an opportunity to redesign the ground. You've got 8,000 seats that nobody's taking yet to try and rejig. It's very difficult to do anything when people are already in their seats. Yeah, they've brought the singing section in and they've been able to rejig people about, but you know that's obviously caused a few issues with people that didn't want to move, etc. and fair enough. But no, I think it's really good. Um, I mean, my take on atmosphere is uh, everyone has their reason. Of course, not everyone sings, but it, it's quite simple for me. We all got into football. We love football. We didn't get the bug for football. We, we, are, we don't have memories of quiet atmospheres. We wouldn't have come away from a game where the atmosphere was like what we experienced. Say, Joe, well, that was spot on, that was. We wouldn't have done. We remember, we, we would have been mesmerised by the moments that the atmospheres were so good. And everyone must agree, whether you're a singer or a non-singer, you must love uh, a good atmosphere. So, yes, you're probably not going to be singing yourself hoarse and, and acting like a lunatic like I would do, but you can still play a part. You need to get enough of the lunatic singing and everyone else to contribute. It's as simple as that. If people don't need to be tribal about it or defensive, we just need to create a better atmosphere. Do it. Get on with it. Make it a fortress. And, you know, we're, the platform's there. Enzo gets it. As Jack says, he's coming over to SK1. He recognises that, you know, perhaps because he's Italian and, you know, the culture and stuff. But that's brilliant because we need it. And, mm. yeah, we're probably better than some clubs. Some are worse. But we can get, we can do better. And we should. And we can. Okay. We will. Yes. <laughs> right. Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Right. As ever, need to find the music because my suggestion, but I wasn't ready for it. Right. Here we go. Now, nah, go on, save it. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Right then, um, who are you? Which have been, I think, getting quicker and quicker as the week goes on. Um, Since we brought guest hosts on, Jacob. (laughs) Oh, there is is a correlation here. Oh, I mean, I hadn't done that correlation myself, but... Rick, there sounded like a little bit of undertone to that from from Jack. There wasn't it? Because it was no, nice well, he, <laughs> he he bloody walked the floor with me uh, last week. Well, this week on Monday when we did it. But, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jack, Jack, would you like to expand on on that comment? Oh, I just think it? it's. I, I just think it's until you've played it a few times, you don't know what you're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you've got you've got to get in the mind of Ric Flair to like. Yeah. 
be a you've got to guest host on this. You've got to play with a lovely arrogance, haven't you? At who are you? I think. You, 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 well, I also think you know it's like playing three D chess. Okay. Well, there's no guest host today, so you are going to be the host. No. Um, yeah, it's me. Yeah, it's me. That is right. Yeah. Well, you haven't got you haven't brought a surprise guest in for us. No, I I haven't. I Mon's haven't, but... doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got many to do. I'll get the dog to it. Well, behind me. Well, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, well, nah, unbelievable. Uh, Radio Leicester's Jordan Halford. Um, Yeah, (laughs) uh, right, should we start? Yeah, go on, me against Rick, so we know how this ends already, but let's do it. I was born, I don't know, mate, the 18th of April 1979. Okay, 45, sort of 46. Steph Oaks, no, Rick, (laughs) correct. Incorrect. Uh, began my career at Luton oh. Town in 1996. Um, no, Luton Town, though. I mean, I haven't got it yet, but no. I like, I'm liking the sound. Ooh. I've played 21 times for England between 2003 and 2010, scoring twice. Sorry, say that one again. Just the Matthew Upson. Oh, oh, oh Rick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well I nearly uh, had Upson on the Luton thing, so I was thinking it Luton, yeah, but that. The I didn't even it. tell you what year he played for Leicester, and he only no. played five times. No, I, I was nearly on, I was thick, because, yeah, I was nearly on to him with the Luton, but the England thing, yeah. I'm, out, I'm out of practice on this. It's, I would it's, have got that. I thought, Jake, because it's more, <sighs> it's, it's like a more, more recent one, I thought it leveled the playing field. Yeah. So I was trying to be ambiguous to the queue. No, I was trying was... to tee you up there, mate. No, it I was, was doing good. my best. Yeah. Actually, I'm I back. Was, yes, I, I needed he was that. Born in I, and he went to school in Norfolk. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Oh, have no, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. No, okay, that wouldn't help. Oh, That's a great confidence booster, that is for me. I needed it after last week's debacle because I, I, I knew if I said he played for Arsenal. For a long time, yeah, no, he, and yeah, mm. but um, but yeah, apparently him and him and Hooth had a big big to do uh, when he, I think Hooth was at Stoke and he was at West Brown, uh, West Ham, and uh, really? yeah, they had a big big clash and then they ended up playing together at Stoke yep. and Leicester. So yeah, all right. I don't, well. I don't think they were were unfriendly. I just think they just bashed each other. Yeah. Old school defenders. All right. Well, there well done, Rick. Another win. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. No, Steve I Potter, like get, it. It, get it on the scoreboard. <laughs> no, but I do like it with the, the more famous players and obviously then the slightly more ambiguous clues. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to go like... Yeah, run, you know, yeah, yeah. It's all in the clues, isn't it? Yeah, it really it's, is. It's, so, yeah. England, England international, but, you know, a very good one nonetheless. Right, shall yeah. we move on then? Um of course, Birmingham up next. Quickly, though, you've you've already mentioned Norwich, Jack. 
but this weekend oh, it's, the, it's the it's the uh what what do they call that the el farmico or something <laughs> the old, <laughs> old old farm derby so yeah not, okay not the old firm the old farm yeah um <laughs> it's the first not time fun. the old farm derby has been played in four years obviously with um Ipswich having been in, in league one for a little while um you know it is a, it is a big game always for for those guys but of course very relevant for us because it's Ipswich breathing down our necks <laughs> Yeah, bit of form as well, aren't they? Old Norwich, couple of decent wins. And did you know that Norwich haven't lost in the old farm in 15 years? Home and away. Yeah, they've got a wow record in this in this fixture. I mean, again, there has been periods like this one where it's been three, four years they haven't actually played. But Norwich have got this incredible record in in this fixture. Obviously, it'd be very ideal for. For us to, to drop some points and, and Rick, as you mentioned, Norwich come into a little bit of form. I mean, by the time this podcast is out, you, the, the result may well have happened by the time you, you listen to it. But um, significant should, should but should be paying attention to, to games elsewhere. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but just concentrate on your own games. Yeah, I think you've always got to keep an eye on it. I mean, you hope they lose because then you take advantage. Um, yeah, and then the week after it's. Ipswich leads, isn't it, when we've got Rotherham at home. So there's a couple of tricky games for both sides because Leeds are at home to Cov and Cov have last four games, they're unbeaten, 10 points. So, yeah, hopefully they can all do us a favour and we can keep on winning. Um, so, yeah, get get tapping up your contacts at, at Carrow Road and get that incentive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not that you, yeah. they'll need it, obviously, but um, I'm sure they'll want to beat them. Yeah, I think it's a lunchtime kickoff tomorrow, so um, keep yeah. an eye on that one. Um, but look, Jack, sticking on the made-up derby titles, it's, it's El Grassico on Monday evening. Not a title, you know, made by myself. <laughs> if you want to criticise that one, um, just seeing what it's been dubbed elsewhere. Um, yeah. But I suppose slightly over on it now that that Vardy's not playing and Birmingham are, are pretty horrendous, so it doesn't quite have that same. Big game feel is what it did when they decided to move the game from the Saturday. And we we're going to have our big kind of meet up for the weekend and head to Birmingham. And we now can't do it because on a Monday night, um, I know obviously, you know, it's still a sellout, but, you know, we, we can't make it. Well, I can't make it anymore anyway. Um, but look, Monday night, the, the the trip to Birmingham, obviously this whole Wayne Rooney appointment thus far hasn't really worked out to say the least. Um, we've picked up some form, which is, which is nice. Um, how, how are we feeling about this one? Because, you know, at the start of the, the season, uh, you know, all pre-Wayne Rooney, this this would have felt like a tough game. Yeah, it was. I mean, they were flying at the start of the season, weren't they? I think they... They were in the uh, playoffs. Yeah, they were. They were right up there. John used to seem to be doing a really good job. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's an away game on, on a Monday night. I'm sure their fans will be up for it. Um, so, I think it, it, it away games at this level are, are always difficult games. But... Um, I'm actually quite pleased Vardy can't play because yeah, it, in, no a, in a really weird way, it just detracts from from people calling it out. El Grassico. Yeah, exactly, and it, 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 we just don't need any of that. So um, hopefully, it can kind of it just be a, a routine performance. Apparently, they won the other night, but I, I spoke to someone who's a Birmingham fan. Apparently, they weren't very good, um, and they haven't been for a few weeks, and their fans aren't particularly happy. So. So, yeah, hopefully next couple of games. Um, Ipswich have got some really tough games, as you say, 
Rick, imagine you relying on a commentary yeah. result. Although they did us a favour the other night as well because they drew. They did Southampton, Southampton. So, yeah. So if they do that again, that'll that'll be useful. I think we go there in January, don't we? Early early doors. Um, yeah. So so yeah, I um, I think uh, hopefully it, it is straightforward. I don't want to sound too cocky and overconfident, but you know the way we've played recently and therefore we should go there feeling feeling really confident. It seems like we've got players coming back. Um, hopefully not touch wood, not too many injuries, but, um, but yeah, it should, you know, I'd, hopefully another, another three points for us. Yeah. And I, I suspect we, we won't do another podcast then before the Rotherham game on, on the 23rd, you'll, you'll probably get one after. Um, so a kind of a, a brief look at that one as well. If, if I dare, Jack. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rod, when we went to play, I went to Rotherham when we played the last time. It's a tough game. It's a bit weird. We're playing them twice before we've even played Ipswich, just as the quirk <laughs> yeah. of the fixtures. But um, uh, yeah, they were not bad there. Their home form is much better than their away form. Uh, I think they have now appointed a well, new manager they're... after. Yeah. Have they appointed a new manager? Yeah. yeah, they have. Liam Richardson, I think his name is or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know a lot about it. Well, um, but they are—they are—they are now bottom, by the way. You know, even even Sheffield Wednesday have um, overtaken them. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, you know, two two good fixtures to have. I think whilst you know Ipswich have got some really tough games because even if Norwich weren't being weren't in form, you just know in a derby it always they always raise their game slightly. So that's going to be a lot for Ipswich to get through in the next three three weeks or whatever three games. And you know what? If they do, then we know they're going to be right up there with us. Well, hopefully with us at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's tough for them, and it's it's tough tough for Leeds. So hopefully we can pick up maximum points from from the next two. Didn't George predict maximum points? Uh, if he did, and we mm. do it, that's fine. I have no issue of being wrong. <laughs> Genuinely, no issue of being wrong. I just don't think you should say it before it happens because I think you risk yes. jinxing it. Okay. So, um, so yeah. But look, we've played a lot better in the last two games, so I I, I believe it a little bit more. The word the I think the word genuine calls for concern after the you know we had a bit of a sticky spell, but um, but yeah, we've been we've been pretty good, I think. Yes. No. Then, um, Rick. Birmingham on on Monday. Your your view, your assessment about the game. Um, any changes? I suspect to, to freshen things up when you consider we've we've played midweek and then, um, you know, you head into this you know, stereotypically busy Christmas period. It, you'd imagine that Enzo will rotate, even if it's just a couple of of, of different faces. I'm not sure which ones, but but yeah, what, what would you do? What do you think? Play Danny Ward, right? Wing, I reckon <laughs> <laughs> you could do, couldn't you? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's possibly a blessing that it is Monday night, extra day or two's rest, so maybe he doesn't then have to rotate quite as much. Um, yeah, I'm trying to work out. I, I panic about us changing the midfield too much because we did it against Sheffield Wednesday, and I think, well, Was actually, we can... Pratt? Well, like a... mm, yeah, but he... I think he needs a start soon. But yeah. who, which game you'd start him again? I think I'd probably go Rotherham. I actually thought when he came on on Wednesday, every single pass seemed to be just undercooked. It was like the grass were too long. 
he wasn't quite he, he needs to zip it up a bit but um yeah i mean it's great to have him back because even though you know he's only played a few games at this level before breaking down again um he's obviously should be walking the park for him at this level so maybe we benefit from him coming back at a time when others are going to then go next month but yeah you need to get him but i think i wouldn't make too many changes i'd probably try and i know you've got to rotate where possible but yeah i think with the amount of players that we've had out the last week or so i'd try to just not make changes for changes sake and then see where we're at at rotherham and then obviously you need your full team out against ipswich but mm. they did have a good result against cardiff but as jack says i don't think they played particularly well apparently when they played coventry last friday both home and away fans were giving Rooney a load of sticks, singing about his um, misdemeanours in the past with certain ladies of the night. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, he it, 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 it obviously isn't that popular and hopefully we can keep the pressure on and get a win. Um, but you never know. Maybe maybe it's all a ruse and Rooney is... Uh, so Vardy is fit, um, but I doubt yeah. it. It's probably, probably easier he doesn't play. Um, and then Rotherham, yeah... I, I, they, they gave us a, our game. Um, you know, it took a McAteer yeah, very, yeah. very good goal to win it. And they, they got a result against uh, home to um, Leeds and Ipswich, didn't they, I think? Got draws against them both. So we probably did well to get a win against them, considering those two didn't. But yeah, away from home, they're the pits. So hopefully, again, we can keep on the march and get three points. But um, yeah, just, I don't know, you run out of sort of things to be concerned about now, don't you? I'm even me, I'm We've not really got much to moan about. No, it's weird. I I do I do want to say the the catering at King Power is tremendous. <laughs> oh, but it... just just to get that off my chest. I, I mean <laughs> the pie I had on the first game of the season I think was it started to be cooked at the Everton game last season. It was so dry. <laughs> so, just to get that off my chest. But, um, and, and the fact that it takes you 20 minutes to get served anything. But um, apart from that's all right. <laughs> I suppose that comes right. under the category of any other business, really, <clears throat> does it not? If, it does, if, yeah. if, if we're there already? I, th- I think we probably are. Mm. Um, Which is obviously usually Jordan's point. I've got one. Up. So, yeah, okay, good. Can I finish Rick. speaking? Wait, are you going to interrupt? Can I finish speaking? Okay, because I don't interrupt your question. Okay, so don't interrupt mine. Show some respect. Yes, right. Yeah, well, I thought I'd tell one of my stories. You know, I like to tell them from time to time. <clears throat> but it came up on Facebook today that it's 11 years ago to the day that me and six or seven other Neanderthals went on Soccer AM. Um, and funnily enough, a, lot, a was... lot of people won't know that you've been soccer AM, Rick. <laughs> no, well, maybe, maybe not. But <clears throat> funnily enough, we actually played Millwall that day away. So I don't know if you you probably haven't been on soccer AM, but you probably know the the gist of what happens. But they they put you up in a hotel the night before, <laughs> and it it was December, and it was some holiday inn on the outskirts, like Brentford or somewhere down there, the Sky Studios. So we all pitched up down there. I was living in London at the time, so it was a home game for me. Um, met the lads at Houston, got a taxi down to 
the Holiday Inn and there was some horrendous Christmas party on, <laughs> like the equivalent of Wernham Hog. Um, it was honestly like that. And, the, yeah, we ended up getting involved with them. It was pretty much free bar as well. Not that Sky had put that on. It was just that whatever Christmas party was on. So we got absolutely annihilated. And then, again, you get picked up early in the morning to go to the Sky Studios. And um, we were there and you could tell they were a bit uneasy about us all because we were still <laughs> steaming. <laughs> Breath horrendous. In fact, one of the lads, Avon, he, his gas was something else. And he, he, did a, he did one trump that was that bad <laughs> that Helen Chamberlain actually told him off. She was fuming. <laughs> but what was funny about that day, because they have guests on, and Jack Whitehall was on. Um, and he, was, he, he turned up even more drunk than we were. He had, he'd not been bed. Um, and it's it's not live. It's like 10 seconds behind. But they kept having to edit him out because he was coming out with some really horrendous jokes and stuff. But, um, yeah, we got a bottle of vodka and Jack had to have a good um, lug on that to, to straighten himself out. But, um, yeah, it's a, it was a good day. And then we ended up at the New Den. We got beat 1-0. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't see full time because I'd uh, peaked a little too early with a, a bottle of vodka that, the one that Jack Whitehall had, had, we managed to smuggle it into the new den, which considering how hostile and, uh, you know, a lot of trouble there, they, they didn't search any of us. So, yeah, got a nice bottle of Stolagnire in. But, yeah, happy days, 11 years ago. Um, yeah. He's, got, he's that... got a... This, uh, now we're in the spirit of name-dropping, Rick, he's, he's got a soft spot for Leicester, Jack, because I... Um, yes. I was at uni with him, and uh, I've actually been to a Leicester game with him because he came to oh, really? Watford under Sven with us. Because his uh, Hillary is a big, big Leicester fan. I think she went. She was a. I saw her at. I think Sevilla. Sevilla. She was there. So is the dad Michael? Is Michael a Leicester yeah. fan as well? I think it's as more. It's more Hillary that's the big, big Leicester I fan. I love. Yeah. I had no idea. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need to big, get them on. <laughs> Let's get Hillary yeah. on. Yeah, let's get Hillary on at some stage. Um, but yeah, I think I think Michael claims he's a he's he's a Leicester fan. So uh, so that's so enough yeah, for us. Kid, That'll do kid, it. Uh, that the kids are all Arsenal fans, unfortunately. It reminds me the other person that was on as a guest that day. Can you remember one pound fish man who was all the rage? Here on, have me photo. In fact, I'll dig the photo out. <laughs> me and one pound fish man. Very, very good. One pound fish. <laughs> <laughs> what a man he was. Wonder where it was happened to him. Well, With inflation, it's probably three pound eighty yeah. fish now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, have, don't have the same ring to it. No. <laughs> <It's killed him>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Out of a job. Lads, we finish it up. Oh, just quickly, we have shared those pictures before with Rick on um, Soccer AM. People um, just might not know what it's from, I guess, was my point. But yeah, yeah. we, we need if, to get them out. If people need photographic evidence um, of that happening, it has. We've seen it. Um, not that you doubt um, a word he says. Um, but yeah, <laughs> right. Um, lads, we wrap it up there. Yeah. 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 Good yeah. stuff. Right. Lovely stuff. Okay, then. Right. So, um, Birmingham Monday. And then Rotherham on the Saturday. And then maybe, just maybe, we'll do a Christmas special after that. Any suggestions how you'd like us to do that, please do get in touch. But once again, thank you for listening. And we'll see you very soon. See ya. Bye.
Bo. Sports Social Podcast Network.